What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to this week's first episode of the greatest podcast on the turf. I'm Anthony. I'm Ryan. Today we are back. We are almost at the end of fantasy football season, fantasy football content season, when we will be segueing into NFL content season. Um, today we are back, as you guys can tell by the title, we have our fantasy football breakouts and busts. We have about 10 guys who we are confident in breaking out, and also some guys that we think are going to be bust, guys that are being drafted way too high, and guys that are just being very overrated by fantasy football rankings this year. So with that being said, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you guys are new here. Let's get that subscribe to unsubscribed ratio up. Subscribe to the channel, and before we get into it, here's a word from our sponsor. Little Italy Pizzeria located in Townsend, Delaware. Be sure to come in and check it out. Let them know that the greatest podcast on Surf sent you. They will take care of you. Show proof that you're subscribed or that you listen to us. They will hook you up with an additional discount. Another disclaimer, I have a slight cold. So if I cough, I apologize. I will cough. I'll make it quiet. Thank you for being considerate to everybody listening and watching. But no further to do. My first breakout this year, it isn't really saying much. It is a guy that everybody's high on. I'm not taking credit. Bijan Robinson, former Texas running back, now Atlanta Falcon. Texas. Some are concerned that the Tyler Algier Bijan split might be there and that it might not be, you know, necessarily great to have Bijan Robinson on your team because some carries are going to go to Tyler Algier. <clears throat> but I'm here to tell you that in the NFL, it's kind of the new normal to have a two running back system. And B. John Robinson was drafted 7th overall in the NFL draft. He will get the majority of the work. When he is tired, Tyler Allegier will come in. But B. John Robinson is the guy. He played a little bit in preseason, and he looked amazing. Barely played, but he looked good for when he was out there, and everybody got super excited about him. So far, I have not taken B. John Robinson in any of my drafts. However, I've only had early picks. B. John Robinson is a guy who, if I had a late pick, I could see myself taking him. 100%. I would take him in at the end of the first round, especially in like a half PPR format. I would rather have him than probably like a Diggs at the end of the first round in a half PPR format. So that's kind of where I have him. I believe that out of everybody to be, you know, the number one pick next year in fantasy football drafts, I think Bijan Robinson probably has the highest chance. You know, I think Bijan Robinson. If you were to make odds to be the number one pick in fantasy next year, it would be Justin Jefferson, Bijan Robinson, uh, Jamar Chase, and that is probably it. And Bijan Robinson is not far behind those two guys. So if you believe, I do. I believe in this Atlanta Falcons offensive line in general because they're one of the best, and I believe in the talent of Bijan because I saw him play against Oklahoma every once in a while. Uh, he's going to be a baller, and I think you can confidently take him in the first round. Yeah, what's the earliest you would draft B. John in the first round? Probably, let me pull up the first round because that'll help me. He went eight here. In a 12-teamer. I would take him after, I would take him after all these guys. So McCaffrey, Hill, Jefferson Cup, Chase, Kelsey, Eckler. I would rather have them. I would probably... Probably around eight. That's probably where I would think about grabbing him. Okay. My first guy who I think is going to break out this year, a guy who, if you have been listening to us, even as in terms of the past month, Cam Akers. 
Cam Akers is the starting running back of the Los Angeles Rams, who is being drafted in about the sixth round. Sixth Sorry. round. You're good. Keep it just be a little more considerate next time. Not yeah. cut me off. Yeah. I'm only going to cough when you're talking. But yeah, getting Cam Akers in the sixth round, especially if you don't go heavy on running backs at the start, that's good value. He's the team starter. If you look at the last six weeks, from week 13 to week 18, he had 17, 12, 12, 23, 19, and 21 carries. He was scoring touchdowns. He was, wasn't was seeing many targets, but I don't even remember who was playing quarterback for them. Um, Baker, and then there was another guy. But the Rams really relied on Cam Akers toward the end of the season last year. They kind of cut their losses and were just like, okay, we got to regroup for next year. Let's give Cam Akers a shot. And it worked out. He rushed for 100 yards in the last three weeks of the season, 118, 123, 104. He was seeing targets. He was scoring touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of all there. They're getting a healthy Matthew Stafford back. Cooper Cup should be healthy. They had a few additions to the O-line. I still don't love the O-line. But with a banged-up O-line at the end of last season last year, when the Rams were getting beat up on. They were still running the ball with Cam Akers, and he was still producing. Cam Akers has the build and like the height and weight to be a three-down running back, but at the same time, he can still catch passes. That's what the Rams drafted him to do. They drafted him to take Todd Gurley's place in the offense, the running back that kind of did it all. They drafted him so high and they gave him the shot yes there was that talk last year that he would get traded or cut but came around he had a couple big weeks earlier in the season 44 yards 61 yards and he fell off he was very spotty last year a couple games he had he had zero yards week one three yards week nine but other than that he I mean 13 yards he didn't have the best of seasons last year but what really matters is the Rams are getting back healthy, and he's going to be a big part in this Rams offense with Stafford coming back and with the roster they have. The Rams know they're not going to tank. They have to try and make a run. So Cam Akers will be heavily involved in this offense, even if injuries do strike this team again. So I'm very high on Cam Akers, and I think he could truly break out this year. Next up, the next running back that was drafted at 12 overall, Jameer Gibbs for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a guy who doesn't have as much upside as B. John Robinson because of the fact that David Montgomery is on the squad and he will be stealing touchdowns. However, in a PPR league, Jameer Gibbs has everything going his way. I know that he's under 200 pounds. He's at that exactly. I don't love that necessarily, but in a PPR league for a Lions team that passes the ball a lot, Scores a lot of fantasy points. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls for him. I think he is going to... He's not going to need 20 touches. He will probably never average or he really... I mean, he won't get close to it. He'll probably be around 15 touches a game. If he gets the catches in a, in, in a PPR league... Oh, boy. <laughs> in a PPR league, he is going to be an absolute monster. He was drafted number 12 for a reason. You don't draft a running back at number 12 based on what we know in the NFL right now and what the NFL has been making very, very clear, unless you think this guy is going to be a stud. He can line up out of the slot if David Montgomery is in a running back. He can line up at the running back position. He can do it all. He's just not the goal line guy. That's a slight problem. I understand. 
So if you're in a half PPR, if you're in a standard, you're leaning back on him for sure, without a doubt, because five catches for seven yards isn't as appealing in a half PPR standard league. But yeah. I could see, you know, in a PPR, he could be a top 10 running back, and it would not surprise me whatsoever. So Jameer Gibbs is my next breakout. I know my breakouts aren't too... Uh, aren't too Shocking, I guess. Yeah. Like then, it's not the right word, but it's the same principle. Yeah. But now to pick up on Jameer Gibbs, you have a <clears throat> running back who was Alabama's leading rusher and receiver last year, and Alabama almost made the playoffs with their running back being their leading running back and receiver. And not, let's not forget, he can operate out of slot. Yeah. They can make it work where Amon Rock can play outside, or you run a double, you run doubles with David Montgomery running back. He can run out of slot. Again, in PPR, it is a huge advantage to have him. He will be heavily involved in this offense, and I think he'll be more involved through the first six weeks just because the receiving room is Amon Ra, Marvin Jones, I mean, I think Sam Laporta, rookie DJ tight Chark, end. But I feel like DJ Chark just got Chark's a Panther. Why do I keep saying that he, he was a Lion last year? Yeah. But, so, yeah, moral of the story – the Lions receiving room is very thin, and having a running back that will catch passes in and out of the backfield is a plus. My next breakout, he's a my guy, Calvin Ridley. I'll keep it short and sweet. I touched on it last week. Zay Jones is the team's receiver two last year at 121 targets. He will not do that again. Marvin Jones is a receiver three at 81. He's not with the team anymore. Evan Ingram at 98. Probably won't have 98 targets again with Calvin Ridley on his team. ETN at 45, Jamal Agnew 30, Jamichael Hasty 26. There is a lot of targets on this team to be spread around for Calvin Ridley to come eat up targets, eat up receptions, eat up touchdowns. Calvin Ridley could very well take over at Christian Kirk's receiver one spot on this team. Last year, Christian Kirk had 84 catches on 133 targets. He went for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns with 65 yards a game. Calvin Ridley could easily do that and add some. Yes, he hasn't played football in over a year, a little bit under a year. I'm not buying into it. He's had the full preseason. He's had the whole camp with the team. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be back. His draft stock has gone up as of late. He's going in about the – he jumped from about the sixth round. I was getting him in in mind. But bless you. Coffee, no. <laughs> to the third round in the past couple weeks, third, fourth round. It's still really good value. I think Calvin Ridley is really going to burst this year, break on the scene, and pop off in Jacksonville. I'm all in on Calvin Ridley this year. He's a my guy, and I really think he could break out and very well have a top 10 season last year like Christian Kirk did. Another guy that's not too surprising, Garrett Wilson. Everybody's been drafting him heavy, and that is for obvious reasons. He was... Your guys really work. God damn. But somebody had to say that yeah, somebody had to say it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, you know, proud to be on this hill. It's just... I might have got too cute with mine, I feel like. No, because I'll throw in a couple with you. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a guy who he is now attached to Aaron Rodgers, who has supported top wide receivers over the years. Devontae Adams, he's had him the top ten receiver. Jordy Nelson, he's had a top ten receiver. Randall Cobb, he's even had success with. He's just an efficient quarterback, and that is exactly what Garrett Wilson needed after playing with Mike White for an entire season. Uh, he's going to pop off. We saw last season where he could, you know, against Cleveland, he hung up 26 fantasy points. Uh, against Chicago and Minnesota, he hung up 24 and 20 fantasy points. He's put up 100 yards, and we know that he can do it. He was a first-round pick out of Ohio State. We know he has all the talent in the world. The only problem was he didn't have a quarterback. 
and now he has one of the best in the game. So when you add those two very simple, you know, variables, you get a top ten receiver. And I think that's where Garrett Wilson finishes this year in the top ten. And you're gonna be happy you draft him. My next guy, George Pickens. Now, last year, George Pickens' rookie season was left a little bit to be desired. 52 catches, 800 yards with only four touchdowns. But George Pickens has been making some noise throughout camp and preseason. He's been the best receiver in the Pittsburgh receiving room by far. And if you look at look at it, it was kind of it was a weird situation in Pittsburgh last year on the offensive side of the ball, period. Yeah, missed Trubisky start the first few weeks. Kenny Pickett comes in behind a very bad offensive line. You had Chase Claypool there for a little bit. And the offense really just wasn't clicking at all last year, and it showed. We watched the Steelers play live. The offense at times last year just really wasn't clicking. Now they revamped the offensive line. It's year two for Kenny Pickett. He's getting another season to develop, and he's had a whole other offseason to develop. And... You have George Pickens, who has been talking the talk, but he's also been walking the walk. I think that with the Steelers kind of revamping their offensive line and getting healthy, and with Kenny Pickett getting another full offseason, being the starter and being able to develop some more, I think it's going to be very beneficial to the Steelers' offense as a whole. I think this offense is going to be very, very good this year in terms of everything, but I think the person that benefits the most from the new offensive line and with Kenny Pickett having most of last season as a starter going into his second year as a starter throughout camp, I think George Pickens benefits the most. They have the options to where if George Pickens does start to pop off and go crazy, teams can't key on him. They have Deontay Johnson on the other side. They still have Najee and Jalen Warren. Pat Fryermuth is there. You could argue that there's a lot of mouths to feed, I don't. I would not make that argument. George Pickens is the alpha in this offense, and he's going to take over this year. Next up, another uh, not a shocker. Chris Olave, one of my my guys this year. Last year, <clears throat> he did okay. You know, pretty good for a receiver. Finished twenty five, or pretty good for a rookie. Finished twenty five. Had a thousand yards. Had a twenty six percent target share. The only problem, and similar to Garrett Wilson, is the quarterback play. You know, he saw a lot of targets. The balls weren't very accurate. It is what it is. But we all know Chris Olave is one of the top route runners in the NFL. We all know that he is a great deep threat. We all know that Derek Carr can throw a deep ball pretty well. And with an upgraded quarterback play, I don't see a way that Chris Olave doesn't take that next step forward. Last year we saw games where he did do that and he looked like an absolute stud. So I think we can see the same thing here this year with Derek Carr. And I love Chris Olave. I haven't drafted him yet, surprisingly, shockingly. Uh, but I, I feel like he could be on my team very soon, Saturday. <laughs> Where do you pick? Is the order out? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even look. Uh-huh. I don't even know. Nice. <laughs> That'd probably be good to look. Now I'm curious. I'll pull it up for you. My next guy, a guy who Ryan hates and is not high on at all, Darren Waller. I'll keep it like this. Yes, I know Darren Waller has battled injuries the past two years. The Giants traded for him for a reason. They need someone. Daniel Jones has been desperately looking for a tight end. Evan Ingram showed flashes there. Daniel Bellinger showed flashes last year. I mean, this Giants team has really been lacking production from the tight end position for a while. 
and um, you saw in the preseason game against the Panthers, Daniel Jones' first four passes, three of them were to Darren Waller. Yeah. I did see that. They came out of the gate. They wanted to get them involved heavily. They've had the whole offseason to develop this connection. There is a very good chance Darren Waller could lead the team in targets. I know there is the injury concern there. I know it's 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 a tough situation because he's been healthy. He hasn't been fully healthy the past two years. But when he's healthy, he's on. The Giants believe in him. And I think that with the Giants coming out of the gates, getting Darren Waller involved heavily, I think that says something, and I think it's going to translate into the season well. I really think Darren Waller could pop off this year, and I would be very happy. Me, personally, I'm taking Darren Waller over Hawkinson this year, over Kittle this year. Darren Waller was my tight end three, I'm pretty sure, in my rankings. That just shows how confident I am, and I would be extremely happy with Darren Waller in a fantasy draft this year. Next up, another one of my my guys this year. It is Jahan Dotson of the Washington football team. He, last year, started off the season Dude, absolutely love hot. That. That's B. John, uh, baby. First four games. That is, yeah. Work, Kelsey. Uh, yeah. First four games, he bought out besides the one against Philly, but, you know, Philly's Philly. Got hurt. Came back weak. Bounced back again. I think Jahan Dotson is in for a really good year this year. It really just rides on what Sam Howe does and how much Sam Howe can help him. I think that Sam Howe does enough to put Jahan Dotson in a position where he can be a wide receiver two on a fantasy team. I think we could see the switch between Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin this year, especially after the news of Terry McLaurin having a bad toe. Turf toe is a problem. And yeah, Terry McLaurin's questionable or status for week one is questionable. And it's something that can linger throughout the season. Jahan Dotson was a first round pick. He was number sixteen. He could take advantage of that take advantage of that and end up being the top receiver in Washington. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me the Jahan Dotson being ADP of eight. I feel like that's pretty good value. He can be a wide receiver three or four. And I think, you know, last year he finished as a wide receiver fifty. Uh, don't mean nothing. He missed whatever. But he scored 113 fantasy points and missed five five games. and three games, he wasn't healthy either. So eight games. I mean, if you just give him five games there, that's 150 fantasy points from a rookie. Yeah. I think Jahan Dotson, he's one of my guys for a reason, him and Olave, and I think he can be a baller this year. Yeah, my last breakout for this season, he is a rookie. So you can define breakout, rookie correlate them however you want but it's Jordan Addison the Minnesota Vikings are notorious for involving three pass catchers we saw a few years back Dalvin Cook was in his prime Adam Thielen had his year had popped off for two years and Diggs was the receiver too or Thielen was however you want to interchange them all eight we saw last year the receiver two was KJ Osborne and he ate. They dra- this this Vikings team has so many holes to where they could have gone so many different directions in the first round, but they chose to draft Jordan Addison. That shows they believe in him and they want to use him a lot. You don't draft a receiver in the first round with all the other holes this team has to not use him heavily. I understand TJ Hawkinson is there. I get it 100%. 
He only had a few good games last year. He saw some targets, nothing to be concerned about. I think Jordan Addison is really going to come out here and be a difference maker for this Vikings team and really thrive in this Vikings offense <clears throat> under Kevin O'Connell. Another guy real quick that I didn't mention and didn't put on my list, Dalton Kincaid, another rookie. I think that he can be in for a breakout season. I think Dalton Kincaid is a guy who we could be throwing in with Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews next year. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I know he's a rookie tight end, and rookie tight ends don't usually do the best. But the Bills' receiving core is kind of lackluster. You got Diggs, Gabe Davis, who I think takes somewhat of a step back. Step, not step back, step, step forward this year uh, compared to last year. And it's Dalton Kincaid. They drafted him in the first round. They traded up to go get him. He's, if you watch him, he's fast, he's good, he's a stud. He's going to be the future of the Buffalo Bills. So it's just a matter of when. I think it could happen his rookie year, and I think yeah. he's on the breakout potential for sure. Oh, 100%. I, really, I like that you brought that one up. Now to move on to the fantasy football bus. Of Time to be a hater. Yeah. I live for these moments. I'll tell you one of the guys on my list I'm 100% wrong about. But I'm going to stand on what I believe in. Do you want to start now? Sure. I'll keep it short and sweet. Me personally, I'm probably the only person in the world that says this and will stand on it confidently. I think that a potential bust candidate for this year in fantasy football, and I say potential with an emphasis, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, his ADP is 15th overall. Yes, I know it's tough due to his history and even with the bad quarterback play last year. He still went over 1,000 yards. I look at it like this. He's being drafted ahead of guys like Garrett Wilson and Nick Chubb. Me, personally, I like both of those guys over Devontae Adams this year. Jimmy G. Let's find your range. What? At what point are you taking Devontae Adams? Amon Ra. See, that's where it gets tough. Because <laughs> at that point, it's like, I feel like you have, you're have you forced into drafting Devontae Adams. I don't think Amon Ra and Devontae Adams are much better. Who else? Make this, a, make this a short-form content. Olave. Chris Olave or Devontae Adams. Is that the question? Yeah. Chris Olave. Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Smith. Devontae. I mean, it's tough because now you're at the range of elite receiver twos compared to Devontae Adams. So, I mean, I feel like Waddle and Smith... I mean, it just depends. Honestly, that would have to depend on who my first pick was. Higgins. That, you can't ask me that question, Higgins. I feel like Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams is somewhere between... So he's he's at the very end of the wide receiver ones. Yeah. And so he's worse than Olave, Wilson, A.J. Brown. But he's better than Waddle, Smith, Higgins. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm not that confident. I mean, looking statistically, during Jimmy Garoppolo's career best season, he threw 3,978 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. I understand George Kittle went for 1,053 yards. One, he's a tight end. Two, totally different offenses. Three, the Niners made the Super Bowl that year with the best defense in football. And four, they had one of the best, if not the best, O-line in football that year. In that offense, the two leading receivers was Debo Samuel, was his rookie year with 800 yards, and Emmanuel Sanders with 500 yards. 
Again, they had the best defense in football. He's going to a Raiders team with a terrible offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo has never played behind a bad offensive line before. He just hasn't done it. It's just not something that he's had to deal with. When he was in New England and started, he had a good O-line. His time in San Fran, he had a great O-line. I think Jimmy G's best days are behind him, so I think there's a very good chance Devontae Adams could bust out this year. It's fair. Um, the only argument is he still did go with Jared Stidham. So. Would have Stidham play three weeks? Yeah. Um, I, I see what you're saying, and again, that's why I put the emphasis on a potential bust candidate. But I personally am not – I would not be – 100% happy with drafting Devontae Adams this year. My first bust is the guy who was just drafted in the sixth round in our mock draft, DeAndre Swift. I don't know where I would take DeAndre Swift. You just don't. But it would probably be the 11th, 12th round. DeAndre Swift is a guy for me who, best case scenario, he is in a committee with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, he's cut. Yeah. Rashad Penny's also in a mix who could be cut. I don't think he will be. He's not getting paid that much. Somebody's going to get cut. They have five five to six running backs on that squad right now. And I, I, I for some reason, I don't think it's going to be Trey Sermon. So, <laughs> if Trey Sermon stays, I know Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are staying. Yeah. So, it leaves DeAndre Swift and leaves Rashad Penny. Kennedy Brooks is cut back to the practice squad. So yeah. somebody's I mean, going to get cut between like Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Trey Sermon. I mean, yeah, the Eagles, again, not to cut you off, but they do keep four running backs. So one of those guys is the odd man out. Yeah. Trey Sermon is the biggest one. That, yeah. That does something, I think. DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott are all small. I feel like, you know, Rashad Penny is the traditional running back. Trey Sermon's the power back. And then you got three elusive guys. Boston Scott being 5'5". Five five. Not shitting on him because we have deuce. You know, short kings. But <laughs> I just do not draft DeAndre Swift this year. Best case scenario, he is in a committee in the Eagles backfield. Yes, I know the Eagles offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. You can say the best. I'm not going to argue. I don't care. He's going to be super efficient when he has the ball, but he's only getting the ball 10 times a game. Yep. And he's probably not scoring touchdowns on that squad. You got Jalen Hurts who can score touchdowns. You got A.J. Brown who's going to score touchdowns. You got, they'll give him the Boston Scott. They don't give a damn. And they'll give him the kind of game because of what he did in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. They love him now. So, DeAndre Swift, do not draft him. Yeah, my next, my next fantasy football <laughs> potential bust candidate, Kenneth Walker III. From the Seattle Seahawks in our fantasy football mock draft that we are uploading tomorrow, he went about middle of the fourth round. Now, if you ask me personally, where can you find Dre Day on there for me? Okay, so Kenneth Walker is a mid to late round, mid to late fourth round kind of guy. Me personally. I would some players that went right before right some players that went after Kenneth Walker that I would rather have. Calvin Ridley, Damian Pierce, DJ Moore, Miles Sanders, Darren Waller. <laughs> I mean there's guys on there that I would ra- I'd rather have JK Dobbins, obviously Jameer Gibbs if he was there, Ramondre Stevenson if he was there. The Seattle Seahawks, I said it in tomorrow's video, but they're such a wild card with what they'll do at running backs. 
they kind of just draft running backs, make everybody wonder every year. They did the same thing with Chris Carson. They did the same thing with Rashad Penny, and they're keeping their trend going with Kenneth Gainwell. I'm Kenneth Gain- Kenneth Walker. They drafted Zach Charbonnet in the second round. Zach Charbonnet is a running back who's kind of a do-it-all guy. He's got the build to be a goal line back. He can catch passes, and I think Seattle will use him in the backfield as well. So drafting a running back in the fourth round that will most likely be in a committee, it's tough. I would rather draft a surefire 100% starting running back over Kenneth Kenneth Walker in the fourth round of fantasy draft. That's just how it is. I know he was good last year. He was a high-touted prospect out of Michigan State coming into the draft. I get it. But with the what Seattle does at running back, it's just so hard to draft one so early with that much capital when there's a lot other better players that will are guaranteed, that I will guarantee will do better than him. So that's why I think Kenneth Walker could be a potential bust candidate this year. Another guy that's a bust for me, and I don't even think I need to talk about this too much, Kadarius Tony. Way too like early. Kicking the dog with him a little bit, <laughs> being drafted in the seventh round. I'd rather have Rasheed Rice in the 12th, Sky Moore in the 11th, uh, Jarek McKinnon in the 10th. That's just Chiefs players alone. I mean, he's, he's being drafted around Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, uh, JSN, Jordan Addison. I would rather have all of those guys. I'd rather have Cortland Sutton. In the oh, 10th. God. Wow. I mean, Kadarius Tony is a guy who still has knee problems. He was on a Chiefs team that clearly, obviously, made it very clear they don't give a damn about having a receiver one. You know, he's not Tyreek Hill. I know he bought out in the Super Bowl, but he didn't get that many touches. He bought out in the Super Bowl. I get it. He's not healthy ever. We, all, we have to understand that. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that the Chiefs believe in Travis Kelsey, or Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> And that is, that's it. That's yeah. the only two on this offense that they are tied down to. That's it. The rest, they just, they're just they just there playing with them. And they're ballers. I mean, I don't get me wrong. This is probably Pat Mahomes, one of his best receiving cores that he's had. Yeah. If you take away Tyreek Hill and just the, just the cores, just the rest, this is probably the best that he's had. So this is a, just another, you know, another red flag for Kadarius Tony. He's being drafted at the end of the seventh round. When we don't even know if he's going to play football in the first four weeks. We don't know if he's yeah. wide receiver one, two, three, and we don't know how many targets he's going to get. So it's definitely a red flag. Yeah, it's tough for Chiefs receivers. But my next guy, I think, is almost a mortal lock to bust this year. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is being drafted in the mid to late sixth round. Chris Godwin in the mock drafts we're uploading tomorrow was drafted ahead of guys like <laughs> Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens, James Cook, Jahan Dotson, Rashad White. I think this is the one I'm going to disagree with you on. Really? I would rather have Mike Evans over Chris Godwin this year. There is a lot of guys I'd rather have over Chris Godwin in fantasy football this year. I'm a big believer in Baker, so it is kind of contradicting here. But I think that it is tough to draft Chris Godwin in the sixth round of fantasy football this year. Every single player I just named, I would rather have over Chris Godwin this year. Chris Godwin is a player who he's always just been very consistent. <laughs> and, you know, consistency is kind of hard to hate on just because of the fact. I mean, he does get hurt a couple games of the year. But last year, just looking at his targets, 
10, 6, 12, 13, 11, 10, 8, 13, 13, 9, 8, 10, 9, 7. That's a lot of damn targets. And I get it, but he's, you know, six round. It is what it is. I'd rather have him than Michael Pittman. Thanks. Michael Pittman's a bust also. Just going he's on my list. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, he's on my <laughs> list. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he's on the same. I think he's right with Tyler Lockett. I'd rather have him than Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, George Pickens. I think Chris Godwin finishes in the top 20 this year. I will also say, talking about last year's stats, there is also a giant tier difference in the quarterbacks. I don't think it matters much with Chris Godwin. It's fair. Mike Evans, it matters. That's why Mike Evans got pushed down so damn far. That's, Chris that's Godwin, fair. it's just... They're, they give him they give him the ball short, and I think Baker yeah. can complete ten yard passes. Obviously, there's he's going to score less touchdowns, but targets will still be there, in my opinion. That's fair. I would say I'll segue into Michael Pittman, uh, but um, this is my next guy, Javante Williams. Yes, thank God, I'm so glad you said it. People in our comments are coming at us because Javante Williams has been playing preseason. I really don't care. I don't. Nah. He's looked all right, but he hasn't had the burst play. And he rushed three times for 12 yards. He looked fine. Caught four or five targets for 18 yards. Kim catching passes is absolutely beautiful and great for fantasy football. But he didn't have the burst that, you know, and he's getting pushed up as he's playing preseason. Guys, when they come back from ACLs, even if they are healthy, they still don't necessarily trust the leg and they still don't have all their strength that they lost from that leg. If you saw Michael Gallup, he had two different sizes of his leg. That's... Yes. These are professional athletes. I get it. And that they can recover faster now than ever. And he's only 23 years old, so he can recover even faster. But we still have to account for the fact that they brought him Samaj P. Ryan. They did it for a reason. Samaj P. Ryan is not the answer. He's not the truth. He's not the top running back ever. But he's going to get touches on this offense. That we have to account for. He's going to catch passes for this offense that we have to account for. So we got that working against him. His knee needs to recover all the way and be healthy for him to be worth his ADP of where he was drafted in the eighth round in sleeper. I can tell you right now, if he he's not he's not getting drafted in the eighth round. He's getting drafted a lot earlier than that. And he's getting drafted in the damn James Conner range. Which is ridiculous. And I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have James Conner. Yeah. I'd rather have Cam Akers. I'd rather have Kamara. I'd rather have Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. That's where I'm at. If he gets pushed up to that 5-6 range, five six round range, which I'm pretty sure he is because people are hyping him back up, it's just going to be messy. Because I don't think he's probably not fully healthy yet. He's just not. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. Next year, like I, like, like I said with Dobbins last year, Mm-hmm. I'm not drafting Dobbins because he's going to be a bust. But the year after, I'm going to be high on him because he's going to be one year recovered and he's going to be a stud. You did the same thing with Saquon two years ago. That you two did. years ago he had the injury. Three years ago he had the injury. Two years ago he wasn't that good. Then last year he was so back. You let them have their bad season. This is John Avante Williams' bad season. I'm sorry. I think it's going to be a bad season. And then next year you draft him. I think we're a little we're a little early on Javante Williams right now. Yeah, and I mean, again, historically speaking, running backs, like we've just alluded to, they don't come back 100% healthy a year, not even a year, 
post surgery. <laughs> it's just it doesn't happen. It was his whole entire knee. Exactly, and the he severity of it. Too. Every single L, every single yeah. L in his knee got destroyed. And it's not like us coming at him. It's just historically speaking, in the facts show that I couldn't come back from any type of tear in my knee in less than exactly. a year. Yeah. And then my final bust, as I already said, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's a mid to late six-round guy. I would rather have a lot of guys over him. Lockett, Ayuk. Lockett, Ayuk, <coughs> Hollywood, even. And I'm not high on Hollywood at all. Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Isaiah Pacheco. He's getting drafted in the range of Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Cam Akers. That range, it can change. Those are all guys I would rather have over Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman is a guy I was extremely high on last year. I'm sure I have my notes on my laptop somewhere with the reasons I was high on him. They have a new quarterback in Anthony Richardson as a starter. You don't know what you're going to get from this Colts team, especially losing Jonathan Taylor could take make this offense take a significant step backwards. I'm not high on Michael Pittman Jr. Ooh, excuse me, at all this year. And I think he's being drafted way too early for what he's going to bring to the table for your fantasy football team. Finally, I feel like I've kicked this dog multiple times. You've been doing it since his rookie year, <laughs> 2020. Jerry Judy. And I'm right here on the train with you finally after all these years. I don't believe in it, man. You're nope. being drafted in the fifth round. <clears throat> that feels like a ceiling to me. I just don't see how you can take Jerry Judy. Over Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk. Those are just receivers alone. I don't see how you can do that. I don't see how you can fathom that. I'd rather have Christian Watson and take the chance on the damn Packers. And that's, I don't even, I don't even, shouldn't even have said that. But Jerry Judy's a guy who, he's on the Broncos team, and we all believe in the Broncos bouncing back. And, you know, Russell Wilson lost 10 to 15 pounds, and he looks great. And he's been in the gym, and he's going to be right back to the and Russell Wilson before. Baby. Yeah, had another baby. Probably has another office. Um, Corlin Sutton lost 10 to 15 pounds, and, you know, he looks great. And Greg Dolchich is an absolute monster, and Sean Payton is just a great coach, and he's going to, you know, beat up on the Jets. <laughs> but in reality, I just don't see that from the Broncos. I don't believe in the Broncos. If there is a Bronco that I will have on my fantasy team, it is probably Corlin Sutton. It is Samaj P. Ryan. Corlin Sutton is probably the Bronco that I believe in the most. Samaj P. Ryan, I, I think he's fine. I think he's just he's going to be just a solid flex yeah. this whole season. Corlin Sutton, I think, is the only guy on this damn team that you could... I think he has a higher chance to finish his wide receiver two than Jerry Judy. I don't know why. He lost weight. I heard he looks good. It's messy. I would yeah. stay away from this Broncos team. Oh, 100%. The Broncos, in terms of anything, season-long outlook, win-loss, anything, they're probably the toughest team to project for just because you don't know what you're going to get. But the thing is, Cortland Sutton's being drafted in the 10th to 11th round, and Jerry Judy's being drafted in the 5th. Yup, and that is going to wrap up our fantasy football breakouts and bust episode. Be on the lookout for a lot of short-form content this week, dropping on Instagram and TikTok, and we are drop up dropping a mock draft tomorrow as well. So be sure to subscribe to the channel to check that out. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. See you. Peace. <laughs>